All right. Um, let's turn to Second uh, Samuel twenty-three. Second Samuel twenty-three. Verse seventeen. Second Samuel 23, verse 17. Are we all there? Uh, before, before I start saying, before I read it, I just want to give us a background. This is a background of David, who was a mighty man of warrior. And the Bible told us in this particular scripture, the Bible said that uh, David had mighty men. They were describing how mighty his men were. They were, describing, they were describing how strong the men of David were. His soldiers, his army, and his commanders. And... Uh, the Bible tells us of all the exploits that they were doing. And there was this group of three guys who were really strong. And the Bible makes us to understand that David said, Oh, I wish I could drink from the waters or from the wells of Bethlehem. And these three men went. They broke through uh, 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 this Philistines standoff. And they went there, got the water, and brought it to David. So that David's thirst could be satisfied. All right, so with that background, let me just read what it says. Verse 17. And it said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I shall do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he will not drink it. These things, these things did these three mighty men. Okay, let me read another translation. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. Let me read from verse 16. Uh, 16. And the three mighty men break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink thereof, but poured it out unto the Lord. And he said, be it far from me, O Lord, that I shall do this. Is not this the blood of the men that went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore, he will not drink it. These things did these three mighty men. All right. So, chapter 23, 2 Samuel, chapter 23, 23, 2, 3. Oh, I said 17. Oh, okay. I thought I said, okay, I'm sorry. 2 Samuel 23, chapter 23, verse 16 and 17. 2 Samuel, chapter 23, verse 16 and 17. All right. So, these were David's mighty men. I mean, he had, a, he had some soldiers. He had some, you know, armies and all of that. And they just showed us what he did. But these men risked their life to go and satisfy David's thirst. And David said, because blood was involved. I am not worthy to have this man's blood. It, rather, I will sacrifice it to God. What am I saying? I'll, I'll go back to that again. But before I, before I explain what I'm trying to say, let me go back. Uh, the whole thing I want to say, I'll be talking about money today. All right? And I'm not going to raise any, I'm not going to raise any money before, you know, after I finish uh, talking. But I'm just, I just want to relate money to worship. All right? So, 
if on Sunday we had about false worship, right? And one of the things that, uh, what are the three things that we know today in our day for those of us that live in America and those of us that are, are, are educated? What are the three things that are false worship to us? The first one, you said what? Pleasure. Pleasure, right? The God of pleasure. Second one, pursuit. Pursuit of worldly gain, right? And then the third one, pursuit of what? Knowledge. Knowledge. So, in other words, from scriptures we understand that in, in the book of Matthew, the Bible tells us, it says, man, it said, you cannot serve two masters. Am I correct? You are loyal to one or disloyal to, and disloyal to the other. You cannot do both at, at the same time. All right? But, at the same time, what scripture is trying to tell us is that money should not be an object that we worship, but money can be an object or a channel through which we express our worship to God. Am I correct? So money is not an object that we, we should worship. Why is the Bible so sure about this? Why is the Bible talking about this? Why is it talk, talking about this? Because we know from scriptures that one of the few things that contends against God's worship in our lives, one of the things that wants to take glory in our lives, is what? It's money. Because the Bible tells us, it says, you cannot serve God and mammon. Immediately money becomes that aspect, that pursuit of worldly gain, like we learned on Sunday. Immediately it becomes, it takes a hold in your life. It becomes a thing that replaces God in an object of worship. So we begin to give money adulation. We begin to give money worship rather than God. All right? So, what am I saying in essence? What is, what is the whole of this? Where, where is the whole of this going concerning money? The whole of this is going to this point. That money is so significant in our lives. All right? Money is so significant in our lives. And that is why God said a lot of things about it and why we should see how it is an object to use as a, to worship God. All right? Let me ask you this question. How many of you work here? How many of you, you know, a lot of us work here, right? How many, or how many of us earn something, right? All right? You earn something, you go to your place of work every, every day, right? Or maybe every, every time, all right? And when you go to your work, what happens? What do they do at the end of the pay time, pay period? Maybe it's a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly. Something is given to you. What is that thing that is given to you? They give you a paycheck. Am I correct? They give you a paycheck. What is the importance of a paycheck? What is the reverence? What is the relevance of a paycheck? What is the paycheck saying? What they are saying is that you have come here, you have spent your time here, and because you have spent your time here, this is the value of the time that you have spent here. Is that not what they do to you? Is that not what it is? That's why they pay you in hours. They say hourly pay or um, salaries and all of that. But everything is measured in time. And as humans, in our own understanding, how do we, how do we measure our lives? How do we measure our lives? We measure our lives in time. Am I correct? So that's why you go to your work, you spend eight hours every day. And what they're telling you is that you have spent eight hours of your life. And that paycheck they're giving you at the end of the week is the value of your life that you have spent. Are we together? They tell you that that paycheck, that uh, $40 or $50 or $70 or whatever it is that you have taken, is the value of your life that you have spent. Because life, as we know it, is measured in time. All right? By next year, you'll be one year older. That's time. All right? If you spend part of that time, you spend it in your place of work. 
Then they do what? They exchange that time that you have spent with money. Now, I know somebody will say, oh, no, my skills are important. No, you're not being paid by your skills. Your skills only add value to your time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I correct? The skills that you have, the skills that you have acquired, you're an accountant, you're a doctor, you're a whatever, just adds value to the time. So that means it pushes up the value of your time, the value of what your life expends. All right? In other words, when you get money, all right, and you bring it before God, what are you doing in essence? What are you doing to God in essence from all this explanation, from the explanation I've given? You are bringing your life. You are bringing your life. Money represents an element of your I'm not saying money is your life. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying. All right? I'm not saying your life is money. I'm saying but it represents. It's an element of your life. So you are saying that God, God, out of the element of my life, this value, this particular part of it, I'm bringing it to you as an object of worship. What is the relationship with uh, 2, Samuel, uh, 2 Samuel 23? He said because they have hazarded their lives. They went there to hazard their lives. And because they have hazarded their life, God, I am not worthy to drink this water. Instead, I will make it an object of worship to you. In the same way, in the same way, what is that thing that we have hazarded our lives with most? What is that thing that we use to hazard our lives? You, go, you wake up every morning. Your, your, your boss, you know, sometimes comments you. Sometimes they, you know, they harass you. All kinds of things. You go through all kinds of stress. You go through all kinds of things. And then at the end of the day, you are paid what? Your check. And what you are saying is just like what David is saying. When you bring your money before God, you are saying, God, out of the abundance of the life that you have blessed me with, I'm bringing this as an object of worshiping you. I'm bringing my life. Because you see, what we have learned about worship is that worship entails or involves every aspect of our lives. All right? Worship entails, encompasses every aspect of your life. So everything about you, everything about your life has to be worship. And this worship that we're talking about has a lot of moving parts to it. All right? There's the area of reverence. There's the area of honor. There's the area of adulation. And so many other moving parts like that. And in the area of money, what money plays, the role that money plays in worship is that area of honor. So when the Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance, another translation says, honor the Lord with your what? With your wealth. All right? What it is saying there is this, is when you come before God and you bring your wealth before him or what you have gotten, you are honoring God with your wealth. And that is why when we come, giving is not, um, giving is not done casually. A lot of times we do our giving very casually. Not adding that aspect of worship and honor before God. That when we bring it to God, what we are saying to God is this. Is that God, I'm bringing my life to you. I'm committing my life to you. I have gone out. I have done all this. My life has been measured by this amount of money. And I'm bringing it to you as an object of worship to you. And that is why we need to be a lot more careful. We need to be more, a lot more reverential about the way we give our offerings to God. You don't give your offerings carelessly to God. You don't just give God just because you just want to give. You don't give God even because somebody else said you should give God. That's what the Bible says. It says, for God loves a cheerful giver. Do it not out of compulsion, 
You know why God is saying that? He said because it's going to be a sweet-smelling aroma that comes up to him and then it will be pleasing unto him. I'm telling you about money today. You see, the, 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 there's, a, there's a misconception about money that we have, especially those of us of the Pentecostal persuasion sometimes. And we think that giving first is about receiving. While that is true, you know, when you give, he that gives sparingly shall, shall, you know, he that sows sparingly shall give, shall receive sparingly, and he that gives bountifully shall receive bountifully. Why that is true, all right? But I want to present it to you here today, all right? That, you see, even before you think of giving, even before you thought of earning money, even before you came to this world, God has already made provisions for your need. To understand that, we have to go back to the beginning. What did God create last? Out of his creation, what did he create last? He created man last. But before he created man, what did he do? He put everything that man was going to need. He put it there. In other words, Abraham had access to everything that he would need even before he made the first sacrifice to God. Before the first sacrifice, Abraham had had all his needs, all his needs met. And that is the ideal for us with God. The ideal is God has made everything available for us. He has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. He has given you all things that pertains to life and godliness. God has made everything available for us. And so, giving primarily is to worship, not to receive. Primarily, when you give back to God, it's worship. Now, all these other things can come behind it. Now you get, a, you, you get all that you want to get and you do all that. Because you see, a lot of times I look at my life and I know that there's, with the, with the blessings that God has given me that has manifested in my life, it's not, I mean, they're not even compared to how much I have given. Because you know what about God? He gives rain to the godly and the ungodly. He gives rain to the ungodly and to, the God, to both the godly and the ungodly. To both the righteous and the unrighteous. So primarily, 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 money is an object that we can use to worship God. And say, God, we are bringing back a symbol of our life. Symbolically, this represents worship before you. This represents worship before you. We bring it before you as an object of worship. And somebody saying, oh, how, uh, uh, how do you use uh, an object? To how can an object worship God? How can you use something that is not this thing to worship God? You see, first of all, when you give, it, it, it shows your heart. Because it is the heart, the heart, what is in the heart? Huh? That's the driver of what is in your hand. Do you get what I'm saying? What you have in your heart drives what you have in your hand. What you have in your heart. That's what you have in your hand. So that's why I say we want to give it cheerfully, not grudgingly. For God loves a cheerful giver. God does not just love a giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Cheer. Money just represents attitude. 
situation, that attitude. saying, I'm not saying that your life is money. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's a symbol. And that's what we have all as human beings agreed to. Also, an object of redemption. I know that sounds like heresy, right? But remember the story of Zacchaeus. You remember the story? What did Zacchaeus do? When Zacchaeus came to you, when he met Jesus Christ, when Jesus Christ called him, did Zacchaeus ask for the forgiveness of his sin? Did he ask for the forgiveness of his sin? Jesus said, come here. And what did he say? He said, every man I have cheated, I will pay double. And immediately, Jesus said what? He said, today salvation has come to your house. Today, today, just because of what you said, salvation has come to your house. You remember the rich young ruler? The Bible says, go and sell all that you have. Sell everything. And come and do what? Go and give the money to the poor. What did he say? He went sorrowfully away. And the Bible said what? The Bible says it is hard. It is easier for the camel to go through the iron road than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, those who have made riches their source. So the one who was ready to give, the one who was ready to, to, uh, to let go, guess what? Became the one that salvation was open to. The one who refused to let go. Why? Because you see, at the end of the day, is the attitude behind it. The attitude behind it. Because Jesus knew that Zacchaeus, if you could give back two times of all that you took from anybody, it's easy for God to get to you. Because the thing that blocks God away from you is money. Or the love of money thereof, so to say. That's one of the key things. When you love money, it is difficult for God to be able to relate with you. You are that person who can easily release that which God has given to you, knowing that your life is not your own. And because your life is not your own, therefore every money that you make, because of the life that you have that God has given to you, belongs to God. Because if the life is not there in itself, you cannot even, even, even attempt to even make the money itself. But God gave you the money. God gave you the life. And with the life, you are making money. And if you can release that thing back to him, it is easy for God to deal with you. It's easy for God to deal with you. So if you did not get anything this evening, what would you do?
seriousness. Let me go. And enjoy the gift that offers life. Look at how well one can die. One can get one chance at pleasure. Not by anything that brings life. When you say serious, giving my offering, sowing seed, giving giving to God, that's a serious business. Something you know that uh, uh, my wife and I, we we predetermined what we want to give at the beginning of the year, and this is how we're going. This is how we do it. We tell God this is how many percent of our income that is going to go, and every every income that comes in, we make sure that percentage goes to God. Because I don't want to come and then somebody besides me, you know, somebody besides me is coming, then I give God $5 today. I remove my distance and I give God $5 today. And then tomorrow, I give him $2. And then next day, no, there's, there's a consistency. Because I know there's something of value. There's something of worship. There's something of worth about my giving to God. And I have to do it reverentially. And I have to be consistent about it. us to even have an income in the first place for helping us to be able to get something in the first place. We do it at home. Every time. And between, between us, there's never been a, 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 you know, an argument as to, oh, no, you know, we have this need. Now let's reduce the distance. No, we don't do it. Because we commit ourselves to it. We commit ourselves to it. And whatever need, we are aware of the fact that God is the one that meets our need. According to his riches and glory that he has given us. And so our needs should not affect our worship. Whatever it is our needs are, should not affect our worship. Should not affect our worship. So we bring it. No matter how pressing that need about it, we do it just the way God is by worshiping him. By worshiping him. Because we know that it's a symbol of our lives that we honor. And we know in our hearts that if our money has us, God cannot have a role in our life. His worship cannot be thrown in our life. And we want to be those people that brings worship wisdom we do it that way is by bringing
Are we going to serve God with everything that we have? Because all that we have, all that we are, is God's. And we don't want anything to have us rather than God himself. But some of the things that we have done, some of the mistakes we have made, is that we have allowed money to have us. But this evening we are going to pray and begin to break the bounds and begin to break the powers of greed and the, uh, uh, the, 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 the worship of godly gain and the, 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 I mean, the, the false worship of godly gain. Because you know, w- when I had that thing on Sunday, it really, it's really hit my heart because it's true. It's true. For many of us, those are the things that we do. For many of us. And I know I'm, I, I'm guilty in one of it. I'm guilty in one of those areas. And I have to repent before God. I like knowledge. I like knowledge. I, I, you know, I, I'm telling you the truth. I, I mean, I'm just confessing. I'm just confessing. I, I mean, I, I like knowledge like anything. Let me tell you something about me. After I give my offering, all right? After I give my offering, after we save, we, we give our offering, we save from every income we have. Everything that we have, we give our offering and we save. We put something away. No matter how small that income is. We put something away, all right? The next most important thing to me that I will do is buy a book. Yes. Come to my house, books is everywhere. My bed, my everywhere, my, you know, I sleep and roll on them. I like knowledge. I like it. You can come to my bedroom, come to my everywhere in the house. Everywhere is books. I don't have where to put them. You know, I just buy books. And I don't buy them for fancy. I read them. I really do read them. That is, that is the pleasure I have. You see, you, some of you, you, can, you like to go on cruise, right? Okay, my cruise is reading. That's how bad it is. I like knowledge. But, but you see, when, you begin, when God begins to expose these things to you, you see that, you know, in some ways it is good. But when you begin to take it to the extreme to which I'm taking it to, you begin to see that, you know, there's some real need for repentance. All right? So I just want us this evening to just tell ourselves. And I want us specifically to pray in the area of this money thing. I want us to pray specifically about this area of money thing. That God will help us to understand it better in a way that helps us know that money should be an object of worship. Not an object to worship. Alright? That we should not worship money, but we should use money to worship God. You cannot serve God and mammon. It's not possible. You'll be loyal to one and be disloyal to the other. When God gets your loyalty, Mammon becomes the servant with which you use to worship God. Let's stand to our feet and let's pray this evening before we leave. Let's pray this evening. some of us, like I said, the reason why money has a hold of us is because we don't understand that God has already made the supplies available 
everything you will need has been made available even before you came around. Our needs have become a hindrance to us look at our needs and take our eyes off our God will help us. God help us. God help me. Help me, God. If this is an area where you're under pressure, if this is an area where you have an issue, where you have a problem, I just want us, and the prayer this evening is that God should open the eyes of our understanding. That God, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. To know that God has made provisions available. That God has made his provisions available for us. That provision is not an issue when you know who the God that you serve. That God meets our needs over and above. He's a God that does it beyond measure. He said he will bless you good measure. Yes. Press, Press down, down, shaking together and running over. That's our portion. That's our destiny. Yes. Yes. That's our destiny. 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 And so money, money, money is not an object that we worship. Money is an object that we use to worship our God. Money is an object that we use to worship our God. Money is an object that we use to worship our God. Father, this evening we declare our hands are not tight. We are not tight-fisted people. We are not tight-fisted people. Because we know the God that we serve. We know the God that we serve. We know the God that we serve. You have created us to give you pleasure. You have created us to give you worship. You have created us to reverence you. And this evening, oh God, we present our hearts to you. Like you said, we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. That is holy and acceptable unto you which is our reasonable service, our reasonable worship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Father, this evening we are not conformed to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. We know that which is your perfect will, O oh God, concerning our finances. We know that which is your perfect will concerning our needs. We know that which is your perfect will concerning all that you have done for us. Father, we thank you this evening. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Father, this evening, in the name of Jesus, we break the power of greed in this house. We break the power of tight-fistedness in this house. In the name of Jesus, that will be generous, oh God, towards worshiping you with all that you have blessed us with. In the name of Jesus. Father, this evening, we break the hold of money over our lives. In the name of Jesus, that if any one of us is a servant to money, we break that hold this evening. We declare us free. Because who the son shall set free is free indeed. And we are free from the hold of greed. We are free from the hold of uh, 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 money in the name of Jesus. Father, we are not servants of money. But we are worshippers of the Most High. We are the worshippers of the Most High. We are the worshippers of the Most High. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your holy name. We thank you, O oh God. We thank you. We thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. Now, this evening also, 
we'll pray. I just want God to give you a revelation of giving. Now, you see, the way I give is not the way you are going to give. You understand? I'm not But I just want God to give you a revelation of giving afresh. It's not what you know before. That's not what I'm saying. You see, because the thing is that we know so many things that we have been told. Huh? There are so many things that we have been told. But there are very few things that we have learned from God. And many of us go by the things that we have been told rather than the things that we have learned from God. This evening, we want God to help us to learn, to give us a revelation. You see, it's like generic and custom made. Am I correct? All the things that you learn, some of the things that you learn, you know, a lot of times they are generic. They're just generic. You know, anybody can use it. Anybody, But there's what is called a custom made, a tailor made thing for you. It fits you. I want God to give us a revelation, a tailor made revelation of giving. A tailor made revelation of how to worship him with our substance. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of your increase. I want you to lift up your hands this evening. That God, give me my own revelation. Make it custom made. Make it tailor made towards me. Because I really, really want to worship you from the depth of my heart. I want to worship you with my substance. I want to worship you with my wealth. I want to worship you with what I have. Give me a revelation afresh. Give me something new. Help me to understand afresh. Let me know you, oh God, by myself. Let me know you. Give me a custom, tailor-made revelation concerning how I'm supposed to worship you in my giving. Concerning how I'm supposed to worship you in my giving. As to how I'm supposed to worship you with my substance. With my substance. With my substance. Now says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know when, you light of your under, when the eyes of your understanding is enlightened. Guess what? You will know. 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 Father, we thank you. Thank you for helping us, oh God, to be able to understand our role in worshiping you with that which we have. Thank you for helping us to understand, oh God, that money is not to be worshipped, but it should be an object that we use to worship you. Thank you for helping us to know, oh God, that we can break the power of greed and tight-fistedness in our lives, oh God. Thank you for helping us to know that we can use what we have to be a sweet-smelling server to you. Thank you because we can be generous and happy givers, oh God. And we bring pleasure and honor to your name. Father, we thank you this evening. Is there anybody here today, oh God, that is struggling, that is still struggling in his giving? Father, we pray a rain, oh God, of generosity, oh God, afresh into our hearts, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for this same spirit of generosity spread across our congregation that every one person that comes here is baptized with the spirit of generosity because we know we are worshiping you, oh God. We are giving unto you, oh God. We are sacrificing unto you, oh God. A sweet-smelling Sabbath, oh God, that will bring pleasure to you, oh God, at the end of the day. Father, we thank you. We bless you. Help us to be like David, oh God, that we know that where blood is involved, oh God, your worship is involved. 
bless your holy name. Thank you, O oh God. The power of greed is broken over our congregation. In the name of Jesus. The hold of selfishness is broken over our congregation. In the name of Jesus. The power of liberality is spread abroad in our congregation. In the name of Jesus. And we are representing Jesus in the area of liberality, O oh God. Because we know, O oh God, this is a godly thing. It brings pleasure to you. And we can worship you with it, O oh God. Father, we bless you. Thank you, O oh God. Because every member of our congregation is being baptized afresh with an understanding, O oh God, of what it means, O oh God, to worship you with our substance, to worship you and to honor you with that which we have. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. And thank you because this spirit of generosity, O oh God, will spread abroad from this house, will move into the city in this house, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. You reign in our hearts. You reign in our lives.